Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. You're listening to Bass Fishing for Moves on the Paddle and Fin Podcast with your hosts Ryan Milford and Sean Lambert. Welcome back to Bass Fishing for Noobs on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I'm Ryan. Sean in here once again. Hey guys, what's up? And tonight we have another local. Um, to me, we got Mr. Ethan Jett on the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, sir. How you doing? Doing good. Glad uh, to have you. So for Thanks people for that, the invite. For people that don't know you, you want to give a little background, who you are, what you do, all the good well, stuff. I'm a local guy to you ryan and um what was it i'm 22 years old just started bass fishing probably two to three years ago and then i started competitively kayak fishing last year and then fished this whole season with southern metal tennessee and then cumberland kayak trail and then dabbled a little bit with kbf tm and what was it that's Pretty much, I'm um, working at Walker Die Casting as a engineer, so that's, I'm not, no big name in the kayak industry yet. So. <laughs> give it time, give uh, it time. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm already mad at you, like two or three years bass fishing, you know, 22 years old, you know, I've, I've been trying to figure this out for like seven years and, uh, you know. We haven't mentioned it on here yet, but you, I've talked about the four four fours quite a bit on here because I've done quite a few of them. Um, for anybody that hasn't heard an episode where I did it, it's 
local group here uh, puts them on. It's four groups, four people per group. Um, and they go out for four hours, do like an MLF type thing. Every fish over 12 inches counts. Uh, the winner of each group will go into a championship round and they'll do this several times through the year. Well, the winners from the championship rounds all come together of champion of champions and Ethan actually just won that. And yes, uh sir. won a pretty good little check, won a pretty good little uh uh prize pack and all that. So man, that I'm so jealous that you've in two or three years you've gotten good enough to get to that level. And well I've just it's just practice and practicing. That's pretty much all I can say. Now, do you have kids or girlfriend, wife, any of that? No, sir. Single. So you have plenty of time to practice then. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Fishing is my hobby and my love life. <laughs> Fishing and hunting. So. Right. You just got a. Uh, a uh, good deer here recently too didn't you was it sunday which is the day that i won the champion of champions it was probably the luckiest day of my whole life <laughs> i killed a i killed a pretty nice eight point and then turned around that afternoon and won the championship so, wow good day good day <laughs> it was i i can't give it all my credit because my best friend told me that i'd kill a buck and then win the tournament. <laughs> and by golly, it happened. Uh, right, how come awesome. you never tell me that? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm going to be nice. I mean, gonna... <laughs> <laughs> ne- next time you go out, next time you go out fishing, I'm going to tell you you're going to kill a buck and you're going to go win a tournament. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'll tell you that, you end up hitting a a deer with your truck. <laughs> Don't put that juju on me. Now, my mom actually hit a big old deer today. Uh, thankfully, she's okay and everything, but her van ain't. So, oh, that's uh, nice. yeah, they're definitely running around. Yeah, she said it was. She didn't have a picture of it, but she said it was a pretty big one. Hmm. But uh. Yeah, so we got Ethan on tonight. Ethan claims that he is the very best uh, shaky head fisherman to ever live. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> yeah. I can't give me credit for that one. <laughs> but, uh, no, Ethan uh, is pretty good with the shaky head. That's what he won the 444 champion of champions uh, with. And so we've talked about shaky heads on here, but I don't think we've ever, like, really dug too deep into it so uh we'll get see what things are because anywhere somebody would normally throw a shaky head that's where i'm gonna throw a ned rig so i don't know how big of a difference there is there if that's a good alternative or if they both actually have their different purposes for using so where where should we start here should we start with your setup that you usually throw for it? Yeah, we can actually. I have it right here with me. It's a um, seven foot two medium with a um, six gill banshee reel. And um, 
was it? I like a moderate, a medium action, fast action, or a medium rod with a fast action tip. And it just lets me feel every single rock. And a lot of people, how I fish it, I drag it a lot of times. I don't shake it. And that's that has really helped me catch more fish here lately. And I really, it's, um, I think it's something that the fish don't see very often. And Dude, what, what size line are you throwing that on? Was it? That one has, um, let's see, 12 pound braid with a eight pound leader, fluorocarbon leader. How long? Um, probably two to three foot. So pretty long. Okay, so leader. pretty short. Well, yeah. Long. <laughs> I, well, I, I guess it depends on who you talk to. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's got their preference. I mean, I've heard of people having like thirty foot leaders. So, two, three from here, and other people say say like thirty foot. You know, sounds pretty short to me. But uh, something else you said with some of the heavier ones, you actually throw it on a bait caster. Yes. Yeah. That's a, what. Um, it, I hate throwing spinning rods. <laughs> bait caster, it's kind of a, it's, I use a medium, heavy, moderate action. So it's kind of a, a opposite from what I use on spinning reel. And I do pretty good. I don't fish it as much as I do with the spinning reel. I like the, I like the spinning reel. I can skip it a lot better up under docks, trees and all that. That's the reason why I use the spinning reel. Now the, the, the Banshee yeah. is a high-speed reel too, right? Or yes, yes, sure, yeah. It's a seven gonna... to one. Okay, for a spinning oh. reel, that's pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, that's really fast. I don't know if I've ever actually seen one that fast. That's crazy. Yeah, I think that's the reason I, I did a lot of research into it, and I wanted a fast gear ratio to where I can. I've had a lot of fish come directly back to me. And, and and I can reel up that line and set the hook as quick as I can. And so, yeah, uh, I would definitely love to have because like all my reels are a higher speed. I think the lowest, uh, the lowest bait caster ratio that I carry is like a six eight to one. Mm-hmm. And so I think I think I carry one spinning rod with me usually, and it's like six something to one and uh and i've got more but they're all like in the fives and i uh i, yeah. I don't that's I got, the right re- uh, oh. go ahead there you go here you go <laughs> i was gonna say ryan that's the reel that i caught those uh, uh fish on down at dale hollow on that uh jointed crankbait i was throwing or telling or telling you about it it was actually on a banshee reel i don't throw it a lot but when I, you know, it's one of my bigger reels, so um, I, that's why I usually throw it for some of my bigger stuff. What are those? It was I got mine pretty cheap. I think I, I want to say fifty bucks or under. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. That's good. All right. So on the bait caster ones for the heavier ones, what what sizes are you throwing it in? Like. I would think like a quarter or bigger. Anything a quarter and bigger, that's what I throw on the bait caster. 
That's um. I usually go with a quarter. The lighter I can get, I catch more fish. Yeah. But it is harder to fish deeper with it. Um, if it's windy, it gets a little rough. <laughs> and it gets rough in a kayak anyway. But Yeah. And you're still paddling too, right? Yeah, yeah. I fish out of a um, bona fide SS-127. That's what I... I love that boat. I can stand up in it like a can on the on the boat. Yeah, I, man, I've just I've gotten to where I like the pedal drive. You know, I I barely ever covered water. You know, I'm fat and lazy, so I don't like paddling, <laughs> and I barely ever covered much water when I was paddling. But man, I got those pedals. You know, I can go for a while. Mm. My next boat, I want to get a native. One. You got a specific uh, like model you're looking at? Um, or? Native Titan 12. That's what I want. So. Those are big boats. Yeah, it's a beast. Well, I'm a bigger guy. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got a truck? I assume you got a truck. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> hey, um, you, you probably know uh, Thomas Davis. But yeah, yeah. It, he used to car top a native 10 and or oh 10.5, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and when I first met him, he had that, but he was like about to sell it. And uh, he was like trying to load it up on top. And I was like, dude, I'll help you out. Like, I, <laughs> like, I, I, I know it's got to be rough. But he, he had done like knocked off the mirror on his vehicle and stuff <laughs> like that. <and> trying to, <laughs> yes. uh, it's a heavy kayak to put on. Um, I can't top. even imagine topping car topping a bona fide. Yeah, like mine weighs mine weighs ninety eight pounds with nothing on it, and mm. I probably put a hundred and something more of gear. Yeah, mine is I, the only time I've car topped is my when I had my Vibe Sea Ghost. I think it was like what seventy seven, seventy eight pounds, and that was enough at that point. Like I couldn't imagine the bigger ones. But yeah, we kind of got sidetracked there. Um, back to I keep wanting to say drop shot, the shaky head. Um, I don't know why I keep wanting to say that, but uh, yeah. So, what size line are you throwing on the baitcaster setup? I'll use um, anywhere from fifteen pound braid. To 20 and then a 10 to 14 pound liter depending on water clarity and what i'm fishing like cover with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, you, you kind of scared me at first. You said 15-pound braid, and I was like, like hold, hold, hold up, this don't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, a lot of my rods are multi-purpose, so I yeah. try to go with a... You know, in a kayak, you're limited, which I carry on a tournament 
I carry eight with me, eight rods, and three of them spinning, and five of them is bait casting. So. Is uh, is shaky head usually what you start off with, or what kind of conditions or uh, kind of areas do you look for to say, yeah, this is I'm going to throw a shaky head here? Usually, I'll start off with a your reaction, you know, spinner baits, crank baits. If I go an hour or so, and if I catch a fish off of it, off a of spinner bait, I'll slow down and fish it heavy with a shaky head. And um, I can usually pick out one or two more. And then if I start getting no bites, then I'll switch to what Ryan, you know, like a Ned rig. You can usually catch one more after that. So, one one thing, I, one question I have, the little bit I have dabbled with shaky heads, it seems that there's different style heads. Like, yeah. I've uh, I've got some that got, like, kind of, almost look like a, uh, or it's got, like, a flat spot on it, kind of like a stand-up jig. And then some's, like, perfectly, I think I've got some Picasso shaky heads that's, like, like a really round ball. So, I'm like, well, that's not going to stand up. So, is there like a specific like head design or brand that you go for when you're looking for your your well, shaky head? When I first started off, I used the spot remover Buckeye, I think. And the reason why I used it, you can go to Walmart. Anybody can go to Walmart and buy a pack of five for like four dollars. Yeah, I think I bought some of those. Yeah, and I a lot of people don't like them, but I I've caught a lot of fish off of them, and I actually. I still use them till this day, and um, I like the spot remover, and then the Picasso tungsten. And if you can go, if you can afford tungsten, that's what I do. It is so much better. And more sensitivity. Yes. Yep. And was it um? If if you don't have a depth finder, which I do, but before I bought my bona fide, I had a a um a sun dolphin, one of them little three hundred dollar boats, and I didn't have anything on it, and I would just throw out a shaky head tungsten, and I would figure out what the the bottom was like. If you can feel mud, you can you hit a rock, one rock, you know what it is. So it was kind of a it was a search bait really for me. And then I fished it like that for a long, lot of times. It, it produced a lot. And what, what's your, uh, you don't have to give up any special juice, but what do you usually throw on it as far as bait-wise? Just ribbon tail worm or like uh, Senko worm? Or Mostly what I throw and I love is a Z-Man. The um, You have the shaky head, which I got some. The shaky head worm which is actually designed for the shaky head. They're a little bit smaller. Okay. And then you got your you got your regular trick worms, and that's what I catch most off of. It's a little bit bigger profile. Now, Z-Man has put out some finesse worms. They're really good, too. They're actually, they'll actually float. So the tip of the worm is just sitting there wiggling. Now, what I... One thing that I do, and, and you don't hear a lot of people fish it, is a crawl. Like a, just mm. a, Z-Man has a, 
turbo crawls, and I fish it a lot in the river, which is right here. Well, maybe. And, it, and they yeah. set these little kickers just sit there and act like a um, a crawfish in a defensive position, and then you hop it. And it looks just like one running away, and you'll wear smallmouth out on the Duck hmm. River, and particularly the Duck River. That's where hmm. I fish most. If, it, if you're using the, the trick worm, that doesn't float right, so you kind of got to keep that moving? Yes, sir. Yes. Yep. Okay. Which I've had the most success off the Zoom, but I use it more partially because they're cheap. Yep. You know, budget-minded people. That's what I, I'll catch most of them, and that's what I have my PV on, the 21 and a half inch, um, largemouth, which is probably about out of a kayak. Let me say that. It was probably I think it was six and a half pounds. Nice. Wow. At the legendary Williamsport. Imagine that. Yep. Which lake were you on? Shellcracker. Yeah. I yeah. didn't think you were actually going to tell me. <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, I've, I've, uh, I've caught some good fish out of Shellcracker. It had my PB for the longest time, which wasn't big. It was like four pounds, but yeah. I broke it last year. But And then I caught like a 19 and a half incher back in February up there. Was it, um, this was during the spring, and um, I actually went one week, I caught a 20, and the next week called that 21 and a half. Wow. I, I thought I was on top of the world. I went back <laughs> the next week, didn't catch a fish. <laughs> <laughs> Done pulled them all uh, out of there. Yep, yep. Oh, uh, man. So, all off a of shaky head. That's Gotta love fishing. Yep. Uh, so you mentioned earlier that uh, that you drag yours a lot opposed to shaking it. See, I wasn't sure if people actually, you know, it's called a shaky head, but I didn't know if you're actually supposed to shake it or just drag it or hop it or so. What, what's some kind of go over with this? I, I guess you can say if it's different with the different lures that you showed us. Like, what different retrieves do you use? For those different well, applications with the crawl the turbo crawl i like the hopping the hopping and shaking does the best for me dragging does okay i've actually heard people lately swimming a shaky head i've i've never done it personally but i have when retrieving it in one come up and hit it hmm. and so I can see that really working too. It almost, I don't know really what it's looking like in the water, but I don't know what the bass think it is. But uh, yeah. with a, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, like, it, it kind of don't make sense to me, but it does make sense to me in a sense. Yeah. Like, I, I guess in a way it's just a jig. You know, it's not really that much different from like a, a pegged, like when when you're just swimming it, it ain't that much different than like a peg Texas rig or some yeah. type of jig or something like that. 
Um, and, you know, I, I caught my PB, you know, I was kind of hopping a jig and then I went to reel in. And as soon as I started reeling, you know, it smacked it. So it was kind of swimming at that point. Well. I have caught some of the biggest fish I've caught off of like a jig and all that swimming it back. So I guess it's the same thing with a shaky head that it just, I guess it, it goes past them so quick. They can't help but grab it. Same thing with a crankbait. And, um, but with the turbo crawl, that's what I do with it a lot of times is hop it. With the zooms and the um, Z-Man finesse worm, I'll just drag it, and I'll give it a little shake. And really, the fish will tell you what they like, depending on what day it is. One day, you can go and you can catch one off just dead sticking it or you can you have to sit there and just ease it by them and the fish will usually tell you what they want that day at least with me anyway real quick just to rewind a little bit so i don't forget this question with when you're hopping that uh that turbo crow yeah do you, like how often do you wait between hops? Do you like hop it and let it sit for a while? And, or do you hop it, let it sit for like a second or two, then hop it again? Or I'll probably let it sit for four to five seconds. And really it's depending on what the fish want. Like I just have a system where I'll cast out and then I'll hop it and kind of like with a spinner bait and all that you just got to play around with the retrieve and it's just a trial and error and finally if you once you do it all day you're, and you're finally and it usually happens at the end of the tournament you know just out of luck <laughs> you'll find <laughs> how they want it and you'll just start wearing them out and you'll run out of time <laughs> <laughs> and what is it well that's how I'll, I'll wait at the beginning two to three and then I'll just keep working until I get to a point where I'm just dragging it. And then if Fire. they still won't, which that, and if they still won't hit it when I'm dragging it, then I'll dead stick it. Just let it soak. So it's really an elimination. You work your way, have like a list, and you work your way down it. Okay. Uh, so... I believe uh you were talking about the uh zoom yes so so how are you working it well with the zoom i usually shake it because the tip the worms is it's floating so if you just put a very little shake that that end of that worm's just going crazy and that's usually how you fish it see i think that's my issue with a lot of like uh like a Ned rig or jig or something like that, where you do kind of shake it or whatever, give it a little twitch. I think I'd give it too much because I just, that I guess just that little bit of rod motion is going to cause a lot more action down there. Yeah. Was it, um, I've read a lot about shaky head and Ned rigging and from what I've read and, and practiced, you really want to leave your rod, like when you're hopping it, you leave your rod at a one o'clock and then hop it to a three o'clock position. 
And was it a, a crawfish or a crawl or a, a worm's not an Olympic uh, jumper. So it's not going to jump 10 inches out, out from the bottom. And that's what I've, I've practiced at for the last year. And I've gotten a lot better, like a lot more fish off of it doing that. Like just a little bitty. Go ahead. Uh, I, I was going to say, I've never thought about it in that way. Like where exactly to stop it or whatever, like a clock that that's good to know. Like usually I just kind of like do a little, so I might have to uh, pay a little more attention to that and just kind of judge it yeah. like that. You'll watch a lot of guys out there. They're, they look like they're setting the hook. <laughs> Definitely with a Ned rig. They, well, I see a lot of people just sitting there just jerking it like a jerk bait. And they, some people catch fish, but I don't, I don't, I've never caught one like that. Yeah, I saw a, uh, it was, I think it was yesterday. I watched a little bit of the video of uh, Paris Edwards. You know, he was out there fishing from the bank with a Ned rig, and it was like, as soon as it hits the bottom, bounce, yep. bounce. And when we interviewed him, he told us that uh, that he did that, and I was like, I don't, I don't see how you ever catch anything. But he does, he does. That um, that um, worming a crankbait was interesting. I think that's what he called it. Yeah, we're. Yeah. Uh, Gets it down there, then lets it float up, and then raise the rod. Yeah. I still haven't got myself to really d- try that yet. I need to. I tried it. I tried it on um, the last tournament, and I couldn't get. I guess he just knows how to do it. It's or he's of, lucky. He's lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He is. He was in that um, that Winsport tournament, and he went to Shellcraft, who didn't catch a single fish came to blue cat and the first fish he caught was 18 and a half or something and like he that. caught it right by the boat ramp yeah 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 like he caught all the fish right there in like a little corner by the boat ramp when everybody else all the rest of us that were up there uh right were yeah, we've been fishing this i i done went around this entire lake like fishing everything basically a crankbait in my hand the whole time Mm. and uh yeah he uh he smashed it up there yeah i think from based on what you were saying a lot of my problem is i'm too heavy because a lot of the shaky heads that i had are like half ounce or somewhere between a quarter and a half so again Mm. i must be shooting too heavy especially that is when i started shaky head i started with heavy stuff like you and i've worked my way down and once i passed that quarter ounce and below i've gotten a lot more bites and i really think it's the way it falls down instead of going straight down it kind of flutters yeah i was gonna say flutters a little bit yeah yeah you see that's something that i'm actually about to do with my jigs is kind of uh, drop the weight so it slow, goes a little slower. I've uh, been watching some videos on YouTube where like baits just slowly falling and the yeah. fish just right there looking at it and it's just an easy meal just snatches it up. Well, if and, you think about it, 
a bait fish, if it's dying, it's not going to go straight to the ground, to the yeah. bottom. It's going to just sit there and slowly fall down. And that's how I see it. Yeah. Makes sense. Which, in that sense, about letting it float down slowly, I do use on all my spinning reels, I use a high-vis braid. And, and I'll actually watch the line go down. And if you see it twitch, I'll close the bell and reel down and set the hook. And then usually on it. You see, that's something I still need to do is the uh, the braid. I just, I haven't done it yet. I, so I, I try. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I never heard of leaving the bale open the whole time it was falling, but that's interesting too. Like I usually What's cast up? and close the bale right away, but. Well, usually I'll, a lot of times I won't. And that's just for where I get used to fishing ocean. And um, what is it? I'll leave it open, and I'll uh, watch the line because I'll 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 have a very semi slack line going down. And then if it needs more, I'll just pull back a little, let a little bit of line out. Mm-hmm. You're a little bit more controlled with your line out instead of getting wind knots and. Okay. I've yeah, heard see, about it before, like so it doesn't pendulum back towards you too. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna say, uh, you know, it it depends on how deep I'm fishing uh, with it, and th- this is both with deeper uh, tactics for bait caster and for spinning reel. When I cast, I'll if I, if I'm fishing in deeper water, I'll leave it open. That way, it can pull more line. It just like like you, you know, if my it's here, I want to be able to go down here to my target. But if you close that bell, it's probably going to do more like this. Yeah. And one thing, since I'm in a pedal kayak, if the wind starts blowing, it don't pull it away from the target either. The line just goes out by itself. That's one reason why I do it too. Okay. Now I'll, I'll definitely have to keep that in mind next time because I think that's a good tip. Cool. Um, so, colors. What what kind of colors you use? Does it vary, or you have specific colors you like? I'm a diehard June bug. Okay. That's my favorite color. And I found that you can catch them in clear water and you can catch them in mur- murky, dirty water. And I will switch it up. I'll use um, I'll, um, June bug. I'll use green pumpkin. Um, green pumpkin with chartreuse tip, which I don't use them as much because I find that the fish will bite that tip off <laughs> more than none. Then um, I'll use a lot of red shad. I like red shad colors, like a, a black and red flake. Mm. They work good, and pr- particularly at Winsport. <laughs> it see the June bug color. You know, it'll always have its place in my heart yeah. because you know what? Wh- back when I first started. Uh, 
um, you know, it was within my first year or two of bass fishing. You know, I went out to Williamsport and I had a good day throwing a little like four inch slider worm that was mm-hmm. a June bug color. Yeah. And I don't know if I've caught a fish on anything June bug since then. <laughs> I've thrown it a little bit, but I don't know if I've caught anything since then. But still to this day, I see that color. I'm like, oh man, that looks good. <laughs> well, worms, I'll use June bug. Like crawls, I'll, I'll use green pumpkin. Um, mm-hmm. Z Man has one out that's called the Drew color. Drew crawl, yeah. Yeah, Drew, yeah, and um, I was actually at Percy Priest the last time, not the four four four, the tournament before that. And I looked down and there was a crawfish, and it looked just like that color. Uh, so I went to the Bass Pro Shop and bought two or three packs. <laughs> well, what what's that color like? Because I, like I don't a, know. It's like a a brownish gray with a gold flake kind of it's hard to explain I, I wish i had one here to show you oh. Do I have, um... hmm. i was just looking on my phone for that looks i'll like try to find it yeah yeah um yeah i've kind of had something like that happened before you know i was out on stones river one day last fall and uh like I I pulled up to the bank and I got out to pee, and uh, when I was about to get back in there, you know, I was on this shallow rock. It's tough yep. to see with the glare. Go to the. To the yeah, it's hard to see. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I can see your light. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. Um, I'm walking on this rock to get back in my kayak and I see a little crawfish down there and, uh, and it looked like, like a natural crawl color and put on natural crawl jig and ended up catching, you know, a few decent fish, you know, outfish my buddy that day cause he didn't catch anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's always nice when you can do that. I made my buddy mad one day. I was following behind him with a shaky head. I was just wearing him out. He finally got fed up and went behind me with a shaky head. <laughs> <laughs> and see, that that's one thing, you know, I've heard so many people, especially when I had a boat, you know, people in the back of the boat would get upset. Like, well, you get your first cast at, at uh, the fish. So I just got to pick up what's left. I'm like, dude, I'm not catching anything. So they're all still there. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but like, I don't mind going behind somebody because, you know, from what I've seen, there's a good chance you're going to draw them out from somewhere. And then they're out there whenever I go to cast at them and, you know, catch them. I kind of did that on sunday so <laughs> you know he, he's going along uh you know fishing this bank with uh i think he was using a lipless you know he was fishing this bank going up through there and he caught a couple like little fish and i was like i want to catch their mama and then i hung into a 16 and brought it in on a crankbait you know going right up along where he had just went 
I've, I've had a lot of success fishing um, people's dirty seconds. <laughs> what I always referred to. Well, um, I'll actually, I've actually caught that 20 at Winsport right behind a bass boat. And he kind of, <laughs> he, he looked at me. I and, bet they love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked at me and put the trolling motor on high and, and left. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, that's great. You just got to slow down. And that's what I love about the shaky head is that it draws them in. And a lot of people don't believe that you can catch bigger fish on it. And that's why they don't throw it. But in a tournament situation, I know you asked me earlier if, if I go directly with a shaky head. Depending on, like, if it the day before it rained or something. And I know it's going to be tough the next morning. I will start with a shaky hand and get a limit. And half the battle is getting a limit in these tournaments. And once you can get a limit, then you yeah. can. That's why I've done pretty good in the Cumberland Kayak Trail this year. I think I'm setting fourth place overall now. I was setting second until the fateful old hickory. <laughs> yeah, I didn't make that one. He didn't but, uh, miss much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the season opener, I skunked. It was a two-day tournament. You know, your best five fish between two tournaments and or between two days, and I didn't catch anything. I hung into one that was probably like ten inches, and it got off at the boat. But he wasn't going to mm-hmm. do anything for me. But uh. The other two that I've fished, you know, I've gotten limits. You know, I placed fourth. I should have been third. And this one thing, I can't remember if I really talked about it on here, but guys, when if y'all were fishing a tournament, man, check your pictures because I I screwed myself in that tournament. You know, first, second, and third got a check. I think third won like eighty eight bucks. So you know, it's not a ton of money, but you know, it's it's. Almost a hundred bucks. Anytime well, you can finish in the money, it's it's good. Yeah. Well, I came in fourth because me and the guy in third had the same amount of inches, but his big fish was bigger than my big fish. Yeah. Well, well, when I got home and I was looking at my pictures, one of my fish, I actually had a picture of it where the tail was just right, where it was measuring a quarter inch bigger, that quarter inch would have put me ahead of him by a quarter inch and put me in third. So, yeah, Ooh. check your pictures before you submit them. Uh, but I yeah. had a, uh, a, a somewhat, it had been really bad if it if I did not catch another fish. It was two years, it was the 2018, or 2019 season for Southern Middle Tennessee. It was at Tim's Ford Devil Step. Um, right 30 minutes into the tournament, I caught a fish off of a, um, a buzz toad. It was a 16 and a half inch. I took a picture, threw him back in the water. I sat there and looked, and my identifier, my wristband, my um, was mm. my jacket was over it. <laughs> and I got mad. I was like, oh, my gosh. Well, I went around the corner, got a shaky head, caught an 18 and a half inch smallmouth, and I can't remember what other two. I ended up winning that tournament. First one I ever won. And 
I was like, ooh, that could have been bad if I didn't catch two or another one. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, what was oh, that's that's one reason why I keep a tourney tag on my board. Yeah. You know, use that for my identifier. And I also, uh, I also try to, you know, I'll, I'll get snap a couple pictures with my hand on the fish. But then after I get them, I try to take my hand off and get like a, a couple pictures with my no hand. Yeah. And that way, you know, you're not covering anything up. You know, you're not going to get a finger in the gill plate or anything like yeah. that. Some of those fish don't cooperate enough for you to get that picture, but most of the time I'm able to. Yeah. And I've always found that the smaller they get, the harder it is to get a picture. <laughs> like, Man, those small ones are feisty. You know, those big ones are like, okay, just do what you got to do. And yep. <laughs> But man, the small ones are always, you know, they come into the boat and they're kicking and flopping around. And then if they come off the hook, you know, they're all over the place. <laughs> yeah. They spine you and everything. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the tournament Sunday, I, I I don't know who was bleeding more, the fish or me. <laughs> they came around and, and hit me in my thumb. And I, what happened Sunday is I found a school of them, and I caught six or ten fish in the same area, back to back cast. Wow! Off a shaky head. Wow! And I threw in there with a a um, a drop shot, like after I stopped kind of catching them, and I did not get a single bite. So I threw back in there with a shaky head, and once I could catch that one, they fired back up. I just kept doing that. I called them. It was a four-hour tournament, like the like you said earlier, and I um, called all six keepers within a thirty-minute, the last thirty minutes. <laughs> wow! I had over so, eighty inches. So. so you said you caught them all in the same area. Me, me and Sean have actually been talking about this recently. Neither one of us have ever like been able to like just sit and cast into the same area and catch them back to back. So, like, what's the secret to finding a spot like that? I wish I could tell you, because that's the first <laughs> time I ever found one. Like, I found okay. one before, and, well, I guess I could kind of tell you. I, I just put two and two together. Current. What was it? Where I was fishing at, there was a little bit of current coming through this one spot. And... I think it was drawing the bait fish in. And so every time I'd cast, I'd catch one, another one would take its place. And it happened to me one other time at Gunnersville, and I caught them off a shaky head, three fish off the same laydown, and there was current coming around. So I guess that's I guess that's the key to it. Interesting. I'm gonna have to try to find more current so try to put that together because I, I'd, I'd you know like i said i'm fat and lazy i'd love to just sit in a spot and just catch fish instead of having to go look for every single one yeah i paddled um, a mile 1.6 miles to the creek where we launched at i didn't get a single bite so i paddled back and i caught all them fish probably Maybe 500 yards from the boat ramp. <laughs> it's like, wow. Uh, 
That's crazy. I think um, that's part of the reason why I haven't thrown a shaky head a lot is just because usually to catch fish, I got to cover water. And I, I always thought of that as kind of a, you know, once you find them, try and yeah. wear them out on it. But, uh, and again, I, I have trouble finding them. So um, I, when I'm just kind of throwing it, not knowing what's there, I feel like, uh, hey, is it me? Is there no fish here? You know, what what's, what's the deal? So I think that's another reason why um, it's not something I've, invested a lot of time into but you know again it's definitely something i'm probably gonna try so well it's my it's my definitely my go-to confidence bait it's the good old trusty <laughs> now are you usually uh um hitting the bank or are you just anywhere or you know a certain depth range that you try and target or um a mixture of all really it's okay wherever i'm if i start marking fish on the depth finder I'll start fishing it. Um, if I'm not seeing anything, then I'll start casting to the bank and coming in, bringing it in. It's usually lay downs, um, big rock, chunk rock. The transition between chunk and pebble. I've heard that a, a lot. Yeah. Um, and you can usually kind of tell that on a depth finder. Like right now is the perfect time to get out and explore your local lakes because the water is coming down at least here in tennessee and like percy priest it's seven feet down i think and you can see thank you for lot. telling me that because i was want i was wanting to know that so i could uh edit it in uh in uh navionics yeah, yeah. <laughs> i didn't even know you could do that till adam riser showed me how to do it at del hollow yeah yep it makes a that's big a difference. Lake, that's a lake I heard is shaky heads really good. Now, I went up there in August and I didn't catch a single fish, but I went in a terrible time. But I've heard you can yeah. wear them a lot. I wear them out with a shaky head. I think Dan Perry said he catches a lot on shaky head, uh, if I remember correctly. Uh, how low did you say it was? Seven feet. I thought it was seven, but seven. it might be only like four or five. I'm gonna put seven. Right. I know Sorry. it will get I, down I past seven quick. foot. Oh yeah, it's still got a lot to go. I was out there Sunday and uh, it, it's down, but it, I've seen it a lot worse. Yeah, which it kind of sucks, but that's what they yes for the winter. The one good thing about Priest is it's like all rock. And uh, it's got rock all through it. So even when it gets way down, you know, you can still, I'll still be able to run a crankbait around yeah. the rock and stuff. And really it's, it's probably easier to find fish in the winter because if you can find that one little lay down that's still mm -hmm. in the water, they're probably on it. I tell you what, I uh, Sean's already seen this. I I was looking on there because I'm kind of going ahead and scouting some uh, some places for uh, next weekend's tournament. And I just going around looking at stuff. I saw this right here. I don't know if you can read it or not. 
a, a submerged, submerged cemetery. cemetery. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if I feel right fishing that or not. That no, sounds like something you it. should have fished during Halloween or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm end up hooking into somebody's wedding ring and pulling it up <laughs> along with the whole body, or at least the arm, I guess. It might be, you know, a little loose. Come That's off. always <laughs> been a legit fear of mine is finding a dead body. I don't know why. Just that is something I've always been afraid of. <laughs> I was really surprised to see this in the fact I I thought it was like illegal to like desecrate graves and stuff like that. I never would have thought they would have flooded it. Can you can you imagine like okay we we bury people we put their headstones up. <laughs> So they can be remembered and seen and all that. Like, no, we're just gonna flood you. you know? <laughs> yeah, like nobody's ever gonna see your tombstone again. Yeah, that, that is a little crazy. <laughs> uh, most likely relocated them. I hope so. Anyway, I hope so. But yeah. Still, even that wouldn't be a fun process, you know. Yeah. Job is it to dig that up? <laughs> can you imagine the smell? Well, hopefully they're contained. But. <laughs> I don't. It, it depends on how old the graveyard is, because right, true. Yeah, if it's wooden like, box, if it's yeah, buried yeah. in a wooden box, yeah. Uh, okay, we got way off subject. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, this has been a. This should have been the Halloween episode. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I I I gotta say real quickly. Like, is a whole new, or I guess that's uh, the meaning of uh, sleeping with the fishes. Yep. Oh. <laughs> I had to do it. To do it. <laughs> Ooh. Too early. Yeah. Too soon. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, all right, man. Uh, we're uh, getting close to wrap up time here. You know, I feel like we've covered quite a bit. Is, you got any more questions about the shaky head, Sean? I don't think so. I'm definitely uh, intrigued to go try it now. I just have to, is it, again, it sounds to me like another one of those baits where they just tell you if you think you're fishing it too slow, then you should probably slow down. Yeah. And those are the ones I never have great luck with because I, my patience is. <laughs> I really, yeah. there's certain ways that produce more, but there's really not a wrong way to fish one. Okay. That's, people will I, catch them. You just, depending on what you're actually doing, will catch more. But you eat. Sometimes bass or, you know, they just want to eat. So if you throw one in front of them, they're going to eat it. <laughs> right, right. Cool, man. Well, do you have any uh, sponsors or anybody you want to shout out? Uh, not right now. So if anybody <laughs> wants a sponsor, come on to me. <laughs> you keep earning those checks like that one behind you. I think, you know, that might be start happening for you. So well, hopefully so. so. It probably won't ever happen again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that's not true. But uh, So what about social media? You got any social media you want to shout out? I have, a, I have a, a Facebook page, Ethan Jett, if you want to come follow me. And I post a lot of fishing pictures and hunting pictures. So just a personal page. So. Oh, man. Yeah, well, so I'm. I'm uh, Go ahead, I was. I was gonna say, like, you know, here pretty soon, I, I feel like we're gonna be having a lot of people shouting out their parlor accounts. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't jumped on that bandwagon yet, but neither have yeah. I. Yeah, me me neither. Uh, cool. Well, um, again, thank you for joining us, Ethan. Uh, that was definitely some good information, and uh, good luck to you as you continue to grow. Um, and I guess well, you're, you're starting to uh, gear more towards hunting season now, or uh, how's that working for you? Well, after next weekend's tournament, it will be hunting. So, okay. Hopefully. Well, cool. I hope you have a good uh, hunting season as well, and. Uh, well, thank you. Ryan, you have anything else, bud? No, that's it for me. All right. Well, again, thanks to everybody for listening. And uh, this has been the Bass Fishing for Noobs segment on the Paddle and Fin podcast. We're bringing you the techniques, the tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips. Good night, everyone. Later, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Fin. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Fin on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler. The Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. TRC Covers, protect your investment. Catch Products, shout out to Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com and put the Paddle in Fin logo directly on your catch board. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com, use promo code PNF20 and save 20% on all your jig and tackle needs.